In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host and producer, and it's my pleasure that you're taking the time to join us. Whether it's your first time or whether you've been listening for a long time, thank you very, very much. In this week's episode, Chris will be joining us shortly to talk all things uh, cruise news, uh, but I did want to say a little uh, thank you uh, and shout out to a, a few people. First of all, two in Western Australia, thank you for getting in touch and saying how much you're enjoying the show, and uh, also just a little uh, opportunity to remind people that there's a few ways that you can support us. Um, you can do uh, a simple thing like sharing this podcast with somebody who you might think like it, you can leave a review on your favourite podcast directory, or if you're in a position to, you can also make a small donation via buy me a coffee and you'll find out more information about that a little later in today's show but let's get things moving let's get chris on the line and let's start talking all things cruise news enjoy the show It's Friday. It can only mean one thing. It means Chris Frame is around and we are back for doing this virtually. We can't be in person today, Chris. How are you, my friend? Good, Baz. I hope all the listeners are good too. Yeah, I'm sure they are. It's uh, it's Friday. It's been an incredible week as it always is. Lots of cruise news to get through, but the latest news just out this morning is... You're able to help us potentially win a podcast award. So yes. the Australian Podcast Awards, which happen every year... Uh, have the Big Cruise podcast as one of the options for the people's choice or the listener's choice um, category, which is a category that relies on our listeners going to their website and casting a vote in our uh, for our podcast, for the mm. Big Cruise podcast. Now, all of the finalists and winners for the main categories have been, um, well, the, winners, the finalists rather have been announced, winners haven't yet. Um, and then there's the listener's choice category, which is the one that requires this help. So um, we're hopeful that our, our little podcast here in this uh, wonderful <laughs> cruising corner of the internet uh, might be able to take that out if we can rally our listeners behind the, uh, uh, behind the, the nominations here. 
Yeah, no, and it's it's very exciting stuff because a lot of there's a lot of big podcasts out there with tens of thousands of listeners, and, you know, global audiences and big names mm. behind them, and even big studios behind them and big broadcasting corporations. And we're not that; we're a little uh, niche podcasts which is niche in itself but then when you talk about cruise which is even more niche that puts us into a tiny little category but we're very confident that our loyal listeners uh, can make a difference and uh, get behind us and it's very very easy to do so they just go to a particular website the link to that website is in uh, today's show notes of course but uh, off the top of my head from memory i think it was the australian podcast awards.com forward slash vote and then you simply uh, type in the big cruise cop sorry the big cruise podcast and there it appears a nice logo and you just jump on and vote for us and uh, encourage any friends family dogs cats whoever you can find (laughs) to uh, to uh, put an email in and uh, vote for us that'd be very much appreciated and i believe the uh, the awards themselves are a little later in the year so uh, we're we're young we're small we're niche we're boutique but there is a chance that we could be uh, become the listeners choice uh, with the help of you our loyal listeners and the the address there is without the so it's australianpodcastawards.com slash vote when you do um do your your vote you will get um, asked to put in your, your name, just first name, and an email address. And then when you voted, they actually send an, an email confirmation just to make sure that no one's um, sort of creating fake accounts and, and doing that. So just Robots remember, it, remember yeah. to check your email. Uh, it'll probably be in junk. Uh, just click on confirm when it comes through and your vote will be casted for the Big Cruise podcast. Excellent. Very exciting stuff indeed. It has been an incredible uh, week in news, so much to get through yet again. So with that in mind, we're, we're not going to talk any maritime history just this week. Got to concentrate on the cruise news and a little heads up mm. as well. We do have a great cruise review, which will be coming out as part of episode 78 as a bonus episode in the next coming day or two as well. But let's jump straight into the cruise news, Chris. We're first of all talking about the extended pause that has happened down here for a the local uh, cruise lines yes oh shame australia and new zealand my goodness so we are now seeing um you know cruise lines extending their their pauses through into 2022 um there is just still this enormous question mark over what's happening with our restrictions in this part of the world um and so princess um will be extending their pause through till march uh, March 14, I think it is, 2022, um, citing the uncertainty around the return of cruising in the region, which I think is pretty fair um, you know, characterization of things. And P&O Australia uh, will be doing their pause through until February of next year. So that's a little bit more promising yep. um, because, you know, they've got some really great new ships that are waiting in the wings there, the Pacific uh, Encounter and Pacific Adventure, two brand new grand class ships that are ready to ready to go for australia um and so it will be wonderful to um and you know actually interestingly baz i did write recently to um our our prime minister um just asking if there's oh, yeah. any any indication as to when things might start to open up i'm yet to hear back but uh, fingers <laughs> crossed we will we'll get some sort of um you know i'm not saying we should do anything un- unsafe but it would be nice to know what the plan is yeah, for the for the benefit of the listeners elsewhere in the world, the, the crazy thing is that as of next week, um, Australians living on the east coast of Australia can travel overseas uh, from November at some point, go elsewhere in the world, do a cruise if they want to, and uh, then come back to Australia, but they can't cruise locally up and down our own coastline. So it's great that things are opening up, but it's not great that the clarity isn't there for 
everything to open and everything to be done safely uh, locally uh, with our own cruise ships as well. But we'll get there. We're going to stay positive. We're going to uh, put the good vibes into the universe and it's all going to come back in the new year I am hopeful of. Next, we'll move on to Crystal because they had their brand new little ship meet up with her bigger ship um, over in the Bahamas. Yeah, so the newest uh, ship in their fleet, the Crystal Endeavour, has actually met up with the Crystal Serenity um, off the coast of the Bahamas, as you mentioned. And so, of course, Crystal Endeavour is the uh, the new expedition ship, which is undergoing its uh, first voyages out of Miami. Uh, as part of this is a, a preview voyage for the people who you know, who work in the travel industry and also who write about travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Crystal Serenity is actually already back in service. And so the two ships uh, had a rendezvous of their own. Yeah, and they did it to uh, the, the soundtrack that is uh, famous amongst anybody that has been on Crystal, uh, which is, mm. of course, What a Wonderful World. And the mm-hmm. ships did their little dance of the pirouette uh, in the, the ocean there. And uh, it was a very good sight. And there is a little video that goes with that, which we have put in the show notes, which are available uh, on the website, of course. Now we've got some uh, two lots of news that have come out of Carnival Cruise Lines this week. The first have been that Carnival has christened Mardi Gras. Yes, exactly. So she's now, um, well, it was at a universe of fun celebration Mm. (laughs) where carnival's chief fun officer shaquille o'neal um was actually there as well so very very carnival to have a chief fun officer um (laughs) and mardi gras of course being named uh officially after the first ever carnival cruise line ship which was the mardi gras back in the 1970s and this ship of course is many times bigger um she has six themed areas on board uh, for different people's interests and then of course there is a variety of different activities as you would expect with carnival including the first uh, seagoing roller coaster Mm. is that correct yes that is correct yeah yeah. and um yeah so very exciting to see her and she's the liquefied natural gas uh design so uh slightly less uh, uh damaging to the environment which is also great um as uh, as we move towards more sort of a green and conscious future. And also on Carnival Mardi Gras, they uh, they had an event, an event that takes place on every ship across the fleet where they have a groove for St. Jude. And uh, this one in particular raised an incredible amount. In fact, it broke all records across the fleet. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, $21,600 raised for St. Jude, which is actually a children's hospital um, over in the U.S., and uh, yeah, they do, they do incredible things uh, to, to raise some incredible amounts of money to support that particular hospital. And something very similar is done down here in Australia with uh, a children's hospital in Sydney amongst the two ships that we have here as part of Carnival Australia. Yeah, and they were very um, quick to sort of point out that, uh, you know, the ability to break that uh, record was thanks to the, the generous donations of the guests on board. Yes, exactly. They uh, they basically uh, purchase a T-shirt and they uh, make a donation to be able to dance uh, on the, the big open deck as part of the, the, the celebrations on board. Mm. Now, let's stay with the uh, the Connell family for a couple of extra bits of news. First of all, that Holland America's latest ship, the Rotterdam, has mm. an incredible amount of art on board. Yes, it's valued at about $4.1 million. I assume it's American dollars. Of course, yeah. Um, and yes, over 2,500 uh, different pieces of arts uh, that has been sourced from dozens of uh, different artists from around the world, uh, which they've brought on board, of course, to enhance the the ship. It's basically um, a world-class floating art gallery, uh, as Holland America is referring to it, and it sounds fascinating. 
uh, to have it on board the ship. And of course, Holland America Line's always been quite well respected for their for the art and yeah. uh, and imagery that they use on board their ships. I know even down to photography, they have some amazing uh, collections of, of photographs on some of their ships of the old Holland America ships, which of mm-hmm. course is lovely for anyone with the history uh, background. But uh, here they have really sort of focused in on, on that art sort of theme. Um, their largest piece, the most expensive piece, is called Harps. It's a 7.5-ton sculpture made out of stainless steel, which is uh, located in the atrium of the ship. Mm, okay. um, it's three decks tall, and it has a, a color-changing uh, spotlight uh, system and mirrored ceiling. Uh, it's valued uh, at over $620,000, so that makes a pretty big chunk of that, yeah. um, that, that total art value. But is there any particular pieces in the information that we've seen that catch your eye, Baz? Do you know what? There's some really nice, unique, kind of modern things, but what I really like is that they have actually carried over some of the previous art from the previous Rotterdam and the previous Rotterdams prior to her. In fact, they've got um, paintings of Rotterdam 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 that mm. have been carried across and ship models and things and other historical artifacts that have managed to stay within the fleet. So that's great that they weren't uh, lost or sold on when the, the previous Rotterdam was sold. And just has a little nod there to the tradition that uh, Holland America and other cruise lines are particularly famous for. Mm. Moving on to Cunard next, they have made an announcement regarding Queen Elizabeth for her 2022 season. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Queen Elizabeth was originally scheduled to be sailing away from the UK at this time of, well, throughout 2021 and 2022. Things have changed, as, you know, people would know. Mm -hmm. Um, So she resumed cruising uh, with a series of UK voyages. There was a bit bit of a question mark over what the, the future itinerary might look like, but they... They made some tweaks to it, uh, and she's got a new series of sailings that will be um, on sale, and they'll be um, spanning from from February to May of next year, um, going on sale next month, actually, in November. It depends on when you're listening to this. It could be this month (laughs) uh, in in November. Uh, These are all Southampton voyages, um, and it will include uh, Northern Lights trips, Canary Islands, Western Mediterranean, and then, of course, Transatlantic Crossing, Mm. um, where she will go through the Panama Canal and on to Vancouver. Now, of course, because she's supposed to be in Alaska, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds, you know, obviously 2022, Canada will be uh, uh, reopening by the sounds of things. So um, that's that's cool. Now, um, transatlantic crossing, you might ask. Here's a bit of maritime history for you. Go on. Um, so Queen Elizabeth uh, and Queen Victoria are mm-hmm. actually cruise ships of the Vista-class design. Uh, back in 2000 and... Uh, I want to say 2003, maybe it was 2002, when Cunard was re, revitalizing their fleet. They had Queen Mary II being constructed. She was underway. They actually announced plans to, to, to have a, a new Vista-class ship called the Queen Victoria. And this ship was, was laid down at Fincantieri and work was underway uh, on her. Mm-hmm. And during the, the, the construction period, <clears throat> she was, um, despite being sort of, laid down and, and having the coin ceremony for, for Queen Victoria, she was uh, sort of transferred across the P&O and completed as Arcadia. Ah. And people sort of scratching their heads. At this stage, Cunard had Queen Mary II, Queen Elizabeth II, and, uh, and the Coronia still in service, but Coronia had been sold to Saga, so they were going to lose the ship. Uh, and then there was an announcement made that there will be a new Queen Victoria of the Vista-class design, but slightly changed. Oh. And this ship was longer than the other Vistas. 
because they had space for the Cunard ballroom, the Queen's room. Yep. Uh, and she'd also been modified to allow her to more comfortably uh, undertake the direct transatlantic crossing. So while she's a cruise ship, uh, by any sort of um, yeah. proper measure, she has a reinforced bow and forward superstructure, which allows her to do those direct point-to-point crossings. Ooh. Queen Elizabeth, which was entered service in 2010, was of the same design as Queen Victoria and so had that same reinforcements, which is why she's able right. to do these transatlantic crossings. And you will see back before cruising was suspended and, and in the future as well, I imagine, they often do tandem crossings with uh, with Queen Mary II or, or back in the day, QE2 and Queen Victoria. Um, Queen Mary II has done some stuff with, uh, with her fleet mates where they've all met in different ports and the two, the two Vista-class uh, queens have, have done the transatlantic crossings uh, over to, to America as well uh, without having to skirt around the outside. Now, of course, modern-day cruise ships could also do it. It just isn't something that you'd want to be putting that modern-day non-modified cruise ship through, yeah, through time often. after time after yeah, time. Yeah. But technically... Of course, um, Elizabeth and Victoria could do it if they needed to. So, so there we go. Um, mm. Couldn't help myself. I know you said no maritime history, but, <laughs> but we had to put it in there. There is a similar story, not quite as elaborate as that, but the very first um, Holland America Vista class ship, I forget which one it was because they didn't come in the northeast southwest order, but um, mm. whichever one came first was actually originally earmarked for Carnival, and some of the color schemes had actually been started. So when that ship came out, she wasn't quite looking as Holland America as maybe she should have been and was a little bit more brighter and mm. colorful, um, which was then toned down slightly at a later date. So, uh, yeah, these uh, the, the cookie cutter kind of approach of being able to build a similar ship for, for many different cruise lines is helpful, uh, but it does mean that there are often sort of little changes and tweaks that happen mm. along the way. It's interesting as well because, like, if you look at ships that have been unsold, so they've had their careers or transferred between brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so when P&O in Australia expanded in 2015, became a five-ship fleet for a, bit, for a brief period there. Yeah. And they brought on board two former Holland America ships which were renamed the Pacific Eden and the Pacific Aria. Mm-hmm. And I was on Pacific Eden's maiden voyage, in fact, on board before she was officially christened, which was interesting. We spoke about that last week, yeah. um, which you can check out in, in the podcast archives. Um, and when you were walking around the ship, so she'd been refurbished. She was, she was P&O-ized. She had all of the rooms named after P&O places. The dining room had been completely rebuilt into the waterfront dining room, which is a P&O Australia trademark. Yeah. But you went up to the, the top decks where the suites were and the photographs in frames along the corridors were of the Holland America historic <laughs> ships being built. So you had Rotterdam and you had um, Staten Dam and other ships that from the 1930s that were there, which I, I, I thought was, was interesting. Somebody had um, maybe looked at it and thought, oh, they're pretty pictures of ships, but not realized this is very Holland America. <laughs> um, and the ship's bell uh, still had Rhinedam uh, on it. Of course, they, they don't tend to change the name on the bell. The bell usually stays with the ship for for its entire career. So if it's been moved around a lot, you can quite often find the original name on the ship's bell. Is that a superstition to change the name of a bell? I mean, obviously ships' uh, names change, but do you yeah. just don't change the name of a bell? Or? Well, it's something that's been there for a very long time. They don't seem to change it on the, on the bell. Um, it kind of, it's the ship's bell, stays mm-hmm. with the ship. Obviously, if the bell's damaged, I mean, sometimes they get damaged. Q- QE2's official ship's bell was actually... Uh, for example, um, was 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 mounted on a on a wooden uh, block inside the ship, and uh, and they would actually turn it upside down, 
and and use it for um, christenings when they would oh. do christenings on board the ship for church <laughs> services, which is interesting. And then they use it as the vessel to hold the hold the water. Oh. Um, and, and other ships like Queen Mary too, her bells bells on the inside. But this particular one on the um, uh, on, on Pacific Eden was on the bow. Yeah, and you yeah. could actually go out onto the bow, and they had it there, and there it was hanging away, saying uh, Rhinedam. So wow, there you go. Which was interestingly enough the name that the Rotterdam was supposed to have before her name was changed. So That's right, yep. We've gone full circle. With that <laughs> bit, of, bit of information. <laughs> now let's move on to uh, Penance again. They've got a couple of items of news out uh, this week. The first one is about, about their new ship, which we've spoken quite a lot about recently. But what I didn't realize in their voyage to the the Arctic and up to the North Pole, which they did recently, they actually did some really intense safety training, and the photos are absolutely incredible. Yes, I mean, it was basically a. a excellent opportunity for them to test the rescue and safety equipment um, on board the ship, uh, which included a device called the ice cube mm. um, and also a group survival kit. There's also floating polar shelters and survival suits. And I think this is um, really interesting because the ship's going to spend so much time up in those um, cold, remote waters. Um, but, you know, it was quite a... Um, quite a detailed and and very sort of uh, um, in-depth training. Oh, yeah, there was lo- lots of people through. involved and lots of nationalities involved, mm. uh, special services from Russia, Greenland, Iceland, yeah, they Canada, had American the American and Canadian Norway. Coast Guards, yeah. yeah. Norway Arctic rescue experts were present as observers. Um, and the 67 participants, they say, that they were on board. So Yeah, had to set up a polar survival camp out in the, the wilderness and... Uh, coordinator a rescue attempt and yeah, yeah there is some actually great photos i have put them on the the news section so if you haven't been to our website recently not only do we do have all of the episodes we have a cruise news section not every item of news makes it onto there but uh, something that has a great image or is a particular interest does and there is some great photos of this uh, mm. activity that was taking place yeah. so do jump on the website and have a look um, and then from, from the cold of the Arctic all the way through <laughs> to the heat of the Kimberley, I suppose, Baz. It is, exactly. And Pernod's of course, saying that they'll be coming here in 2023. Yeah, which they have been here for a long time, but it's uh, obviously with excitement that they're able to open up bookings for the mm. 2023 season. And we will see two of their beautiful ships uh, down here operating Kimberley cruises, which generally operate either Broome Round Trip or Broome up to Darwin, which is their yeah. preferred option. Um, yeah, some beautiful the, things here. The Hunter River, for example... Um, King George River on a Zodiac boat, um, excursions uh, going through to the Twin Falls, which is one of the icons up in the Kimberley, um, and uh, visits to places such as Montgomery Reef and Collier Bay. Because as Baz has mentioned before, Western Australia actually has some amazing reefs Mm. that don't get the same global attention as the Great Barrier Reef, but probably these days in better condition than the Great Barrier Reef, which is sadly um, in in quite a lot of distress because of the uh, warming climate. And uh, of these two ships here that are here, Le Soleil, which has been here previously, and uh, La La Perouse, uh, they're not identical sister ships. In fact, Le Soleil is uh, a sister ship. She's uh, from the Lostral uh, class of ship, mm. and Le La Perouse is the, the new explorer class that has the underwater uh, observatory that you can uh, observe the ocean and marine life from yeah. the, uh, from below the waterline, which is incredible as well. We're we lining and, up to get on that one, Baz. <laughs> and staying with Penant because Paul Gagan actually became part of the Penant family uh, not too long ago. Um, they have just opened for sale the uh, South Pacific itineraries for 2023. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they've been sort of 
sailing in the South Pacific for quite some time. But as you say, now they're part of the Penant family, which is great. Uh, cruises from uh, between seven and 16 uh, nights. They'll be taking in a number of different locations there from the Cook Islands to Fiji, Tahiti, the Society Islands, uh, and, and every sort of everything in between pretty much. Um, mm. And it's quite a, um, it sounds like quite an active lifestyle on board with things like diving, kayaking, paddle boarding, snorkeling, swimming, um, as the ability to sort of have these ships going into these, you know, remote and smaller ports, which, which gives you a bit more of a, a local flavor as to places that you're visiting. Yeah, destination immersion at its best, I would say. And again, this is one of those news items that's made it onto the website, and I have put some incredible photos there as well. So if you're interested, jump on. And one itinerary that jumped out to me, it's not only in the South Pacific, it's actually a reposition crew. So the ship must be going elsewhere to do something, whether that's uh, dry dock work or whether it's just having a little bit of a change of itinerary for a while. There's an itinerary that goes from Fiji through to Bali. It's a one-off sailing. It's uh, 17 days, 16 nights, and happening in 2023. So if you're interested, in something a little bit different, not just in the South Pacific, then Paul Gagan may have something for you. And as always, your local travel agent will be able to assist you with that. Sounds great. Um, Norwegian Cruise Lines this week announced that Norwegian Bliss is or has returned to the Mexican Riviera. Yes, it's just sailing out of uh, Los Angeles. NCL say that the Norwegian Bliss is one of the most successful ships that's ever been um, put into service in their 54-year history. Mm. Um, and it's the second ship that's going to be sailing on the west coast of the USA as part of the um, of the restart, the other one being uh, Norwegian Encore, mm-hmm. uh, which actually has been at, back in service since August. So, you yeah. know, been out there for a while now. Yeah, no, it's, it's always great. Every time we see a new ship back into service, it's always a, a good news uh, story that I, I love to share. And have you ever cruised uh, with NCL, Bass? I have. Um, I, actually, have. I was just trying to remember which... I've been two ships. I've done Epic, which was uh, around oh, yes. the Mediterranean. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, Epic is not... I think I don't think she's typical of a Norwegian experience in that on that... Is she right, Epic? <laughs> she's oh, different. My... Let's say she's Sorry different. It wasn't, <laughs> a, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy her. The ship was very nice. It's just that on that particular itinerary, they do a double embark, which makes it you know, a pretty intense atmosphere on board with you guests getting on and off at various different ports um and what i will say is the entertainment on norwegian is next level um if you love cruise ship entertainment you will definitely love norwegian because some of those shows that they have on there they're not just a 40 minute condensed version of a broadway show they are the full performance and incredible performances at that and mm, that's really cool yeah, yeah. No, I, I do do like that and i did the i'm trying to think of the ship it was brand new at the time it's one of those class that has the the golf carts uh sorry not the golf carts the go-karts up on the top deck and she launched in uh Northern not getaway Europe. is it i don't think it was getaway the name has completely gone out of my head goodness me so many cruises this man has taken oh, you can't yeah. remember the name of the I ship how, how, bad, how bad is that <laughs> But she was great. There are lots of great diving on board, um, but just very different from Epic. Um, I'm not saying Epic was a bad experience. It just wasn't my favorite experience. But this new generation of ship, and this is what we were just talking about there with Bliss. um, I tell you what, incredible activities. I want to try Prima. She sounds. Oh, yep. Yeah. She's different again. Yeah, yeah, with that that ocean um, connection and the big open promenades. And I mean, I'm not generally a fan of the of the flattened bow ships but she looks nice i think it'll be fascinating to try and you know what i think you've probably just hit its nail on the head mm. with epic it's not always easy to find a good ocean view mm. it, you know so we went through a while where ships kind of all faced inwards and it was all about 
the yeah. promenades and the you know what was going on inside the ship. Um, Epic was from kind of that yeah. kind of generation. Because I, I remember that um, with uh, with Royal Caribbean as well, yeah, like yeah. the Enchantment of the Seas, which was my first RCI ship that I went on board. It has these enormous floor to ceiling windows across the main decks area, deck areas. Looks out, you know, even when you've got the, the atrium and all the in, inward facing entertainments, you, you mm. can't help but notice that you're at sea. The the Windjammer Cafe on the top has got gigantic yep. glass windows, all 360 basically. And then later going on, um, you know, visiting a, a ship like Ovation, for example, uh, which granted was only was only for a tour whilst it was docked, but the ship is probably the first ship that I went on board where I thought this could be a hotel. Mm-hmm. It could be a ship, you know, yeah. uh, because it is it is so immersive, I suppose, in the on, on the entertainment experience and the room experience that you do not really get to see out. And it's just that different design philosophy. And I suppose yeah. that's one of the things about modern day cruising is that there are ships that have ocean views and there are ships that don't. And that's because there are people who like ocean views and people who don't. So, yeah. yep. um, you know, it's it's different things for different people. Yeah. And as I say, a ship is a ship out there for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> now, speaking of ships for everybody and speaking of uh, competitions, MSC have uh, announced that they've uh, launched a new competition for the general public to design the whole art of their next ship, MSC Eurabia. Yes, exactly. So it'll be MSC's most environmentally advanced ship. So perhaps there's a little hint there as to what the hull art should reflect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, it is named uh, after ancient... Uh, the ancient goddess who harnessed the wind, weather, and the constellations. So, again, maybe there's another little hint there. Some sort of environmentally friendly wind-powered halat? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you going to be entering, Baz? I'm not in any way artistic (laughs) at all. Um, However, I can think of a few people that are and that probably should enter this. So uh, if if yourself as a listener, you, you, you like a little sketch or you're particularly in a type and you're into a particular type of art, Consider it because it's a very easy process to submit your uh, your suggestion. You mm. just head to their website. The website link is in the show notes yet again. Um, but you do need to do it. It's only open for six weeks, I think, and it opened earlier this week. So you've got about five weeks to get your art designs submitted. And uh, fingers crossed, you might be in the running because there are some great prizes, including cash prizes and also the opportunity to be uh, the person to cruise and uh, showcase your beautiful artwork to the world. Uh, mm. Do we so? Lovely. How about you? You gonna, gonna get your pencils oh, out later? You know, when I was a kid, I used to draw ships and I used to draw pictures on the side. So maybe I should just fish out some other. Although I don't know if MSC would um, uh, would would take halard entries that are based on transatlantic liners. To be honest, so, yes, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But um, you know, uh, I, I think it's fascinating given it's got this um, uh, sort of. Uh, connection with uh, this, the environmental impact perhaps there's an opportunity there to have some halat that really does stand out and highlights some of the things that these these cruise ships are trying to do to reduce their carbon footprint yeah exactly and there's a great video that goes with this because a sand artist uh, by the name of jiben i think is it's j-b-e-n so i think it's jiben mm. um uh, created this whole uh, sketch into the the sand there and you can see the unveiling of this particular competition um, and he's uh, had art showcased all over the world. So he's, he must be uh, pretty spectacular at what he does. And the, the video is great as well. So have a look in the show notes for that one too. Um, Dream Cruises have this week partnered up with Tourism WA of all places. Yes, Tourism Western Australia <laughs> is trying to showcase itself to the uh, the cruisers of Singapore. What's happening, Chris? Well, that's just it. Isn't that funny? Um, so they're basically Dream Cruises is... Um, 
Uh, firstly, I think it's wonderful. Oh, it is brilliant. It promotes yeah. any anything um, that, that promotes the the wonders that are is the Australian tourism uh, sector and the wonderful things that this country has to offer is is great. But given that we cannot go anywhere, it does seem quite quite amusing. But um, the basically they've they've partnered with Tourism Western Australia um, as part of their uh, showcase that they're doing on World Dream which features markets of the world. It's like a basically a thematic style of cruising that departs from Singapore. Yeah. And uh, there's various different destinations on there from memory. Yeah. Of Hong yes, Kong, of course. Korea, yes. um, Thailand and different things. So it's, it's great that we're getting our little uh, uh, showcase in there. Yeah, as well. for sure. And, and, you know, some of the things that they've included are, are icons. If you've ever visited or even if you just Google anything to do with WA, you'll see you know, things like the, the Bustleton Jetty, which is the, the longest uh, woodpile jetty in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, was instrumental in the, in the trade that happened in the southwest of WA. Uh, the Bungle Bungle Ranges, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Pink Lake, uh, which is, you know, a remarkable landmark. Wave Rock, which is another um, one of Australia's uh, rock formations that the, the whole country is pretty much famous for around the world. Um, and, you know, great to, to sort of showcase Australia uh, particularly Western Australia, but Australia before, in the, in the lead up to the, the borders fully coming down and cruising, perhaps resuming in local waters. Yeah. The, um, the, the other thing to bear in mind is that the, uh, the celebrity chef or the, uh, the, the executive chef for Dream Cruise is actually an Australian. It's Mark Best, and he has been on board many, many times and is loved by the Singaporeans. And his uh, prime steakhouse and seafood grill on board is very, very popular. And they're going to mm. use that to showcase some of the local ingredients and local cuisine from, from our area as well. And yep. if you're cruising with little ones and you, you want to introduce them to a quokka, we have a, a quokka mascot, Quinton, who's going to be on board as well. Mm. And we'll be uh, teasing the, uh, the, the Singaporeans with an opportunity to come down to Western Australia when things do reopen. Very so, important as well, because the quokkas just made it onto the endangered species list. So I didn't know that. I mean, yes, it was reported last week. So it's um, something to keep in mind and important to, to let people know what this special little marsupial is. And, uh, you know, for those who don't know the history, uh, of, um, there's an island off the coast of Western Australia called Rotnest Island where these quokkas live. They're like, I guess if you haven't seen one, very small, kind of chubby, really cute-looking kangaroos, but not kangaroos. <laughs> they're similar in sort of, they're marsupials. And uh, the original, ex- uh, well, the, the, the Dutch explorers actually um, mistook them for rats mm-hmm. when they saw them from the shore aboard their ships. So they called it, the translation was rat's nest, uh, which of course then, kind of morphed into Rotnest. So that's where Rotnest Island gets its name. Yeah. And there are still lots of them on the island. So if you Yes, yes. I think the island's okay. Australia. I think but there was also some on the mainland at some point, I believe. But um, yeah, it's, uh, Rotnest Island is where you, where you find the quokkas. And I might put a picture of a quokka in the show notes, actually, because they're very, very cute. And they've got this beautiful little smile. And uh, lots of celebrities that come to Western Australia do like to showcase them on Instagram. So... Uh, yeah, another excuse to go and look at the show notes, I think. Um, Royal Caribbean had some great news this week. They've announced uh, Destination Net Zero, which is their uh, target, their ambition to be net zero emissions by 2050. Yes, of course. I mean, with uh, as, we, as we record this podcast, I think many of the world leaders are making their way over to Glasgow for the right. very important climate discussions there. Um, as, we, as we probably all know, as a, as, a, as a species, a lot needs to be done to, to help um, our our civilization, I suppose, uh, uh, enjoy the quality of life that, that uh, is available now. So it's great to see cruise lines like Royal Caribbean 
you know, making the same sort of uh, pledges and commitments that, that many um, big companies are now starting to make and many governments are, are trying to make as well. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, I have to say, the, the cruise industry in general are doing incredibly well. We also need to try and encourage the other parts of the maritime industry, maritime industry such as uh, um, cargo vessels, etc., to also kind of, you know, make that pledge and do that a little bit as well, I think, is the, the yeah. hidden this, this particular pledge, I mean, it has, um, uh, they want to create science-based targets uh, to achieve net zero by 2050. Um, and they're going to be using the next 18 24 months or so to develop um, a series of goals that will be validated by science-based targets. So, you know, it's 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 uh, it's early stages by the sounds of things on this particular initiative, but it's on the right path. Did you know? Here's a, here's another maritime history si- uh, thing. Back in the fifties, uh, mm-hmm. when ships were being designed and developed, they th- there was many people who thought that uh, steam turbines, oil-powered ships, and and diesel uh, would be superseded by uh, nuclear power. Mm. And um, interestingly enough, some of the passenger ships that were built, including two very famous ships, um, the Michelangelo and the Raffaello, which were two of the last transatlantic liners built for the Italian uh, service, Mm-hmm. were actually built with space available inside them for the retrofitting of a nuclear reactor when that technology oh, wow. became. Because even back then, with fuel prices the way they were, but also with uh, you know awareness of um, you know early early stage awareness of the uh, of yep. the damage that uh, fossil fuels was was doing, um, they were starting to think about these sorts of things. And of course, nuclear was you know was the nuclear age back then. So interesting how. how um, <laughs> How a ship, uh, you know, many many military vessels are powered powered yeah, that way, but trying to sell a cruise on a nuclear powered cruise ship might be a little bit too too far. But there's obviously much more uh, renewable options and stuff now, including the battery power, the cold ironing, which we've spoken about before, um, and of course the scrubbers that they've put on many of the ships to reduce the uh, the amount of uh, sulfites that are uh, going into the sulfur rather that's going into the the atmosphere. So uh, different approaches these days, but the idea about moving away from oil-powered ships has been there for a very long time. And to finish up, we do have a little bit of bad news there that's come out of um, Asia. Uh, Pandor, which is uh, you know a, a relatively small but very famous brand for pioneering river cruising in Asia. They pioneered the, the Mekong in Vietnam and Cambodia, the Irrawaddy up in Myanmar, and then further went on to rediscover rivers in India. Unfortunately, the COVID has uh, dealt its cards and uh, they've had to uh, decide to close the business after 26 years of uh, leading Mm. river cruising in the region, which is very, very sad. And I really do feel for the family and the very loyal guests that are involved in that. But uh, yeah, despite having 1995, Baz. I know. And they do great things for for the local communities. Not only do they employ a lot of people in the community, they also have a the Pandor Foundation, which supports lots of different um, organizations in trying to, to educate children and to get people um, working within tourism, which is a way for them to, to get out of poverty and things. So that part of the, uh, the foundation will still continue with the help and guidance of uh, some of their trustees, uh, but the actual business itself and their various vessels uh, will no longer operate. And uh, if you do have a booking, you will be contacted by a travel agent um, oh. to, to advise of what the, the next steps are, I'm afraid. You know, I didn't realize how big that company, um, how many ships that company had, actually. 17 ships they've been trying to keep laid up during the uh, pandemic. So yeah. 
you know, it's um, remarkable, really. It's actually remarkable if you step back and think about how many ships we haven't lost and how many companies oh, yeah. we haven't lost yep. during the pandemic. So yep. very sad to see this one go. And there's a lot of history there. If you're, ever, if you're interested in uh, what was originally the Irrawaddy Steamship Company, you can do a bit of research. There's plenty of books out there. And uh, Paul and his family uh, took the original plans of those ships and uh, brought them into a modern way. And that's how they, they pioneered that particular yeah. type of cruising in the region. Before we go, though, I should say, um, I think I said the cockers are on the endangered species list. They're on the threatened species list. Oh, so. okay. But it, is, it was announced last week. <laughs> okay, and no, no, I did miss just, that. Just so. to clarify for anybody, in case anyone here heard that originally and starts panicking, um, <laughs> it's 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 worrying, but it's not 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 quite as bad as endangered. Yeah, species. and I think you're right to say that. I think originally there was populations of them in the southwest, maybe. Mm. Yeah, long time ago. There's uh, there's lots there's uh, predators that are available on the mainland, but there is yeah. no predators on Rottnest Island, so they're no. they're relatively safe over there. Yeah. Um, I have an apology, Chris. I only realized today that I forgot to put the link to your giving page as part of your Cape to Cape in last week's show notes. So oh, if anybody well, no was listening we didn't last get week, any donations. <laughs> yeah, if anybody was listening last week oh, and went yeah. to the show notes to find it, I, I don't know what happened. I completely slipped my mind. But I will make sure that it's put into the show notes of today's episodes and we'll be sharing it on uh, Facebook and social media over the next week or so. So if you oh, are lovely. able to get Thank behind so Chris, please do so. Just to remind you, you're walking from Cape to Cape, which is from where to where? Cape Naturalist to Cape Lewin on the uh, on the Australian west coast, and that's two different oceans, isn't it? From memory, are we talking uh, the... southern to Indian? I think yes, yeah. yeah. So... A little maritime connection there as well. Mm. Yeah, well, of course, um, the the northernmost point of the of the walk um, will be quite close to to Bosselton, which is um, where that jetty was, and yeah. uh, one of the one of the early. West Australian cruise destinations because of because of the jetty and and also one of the last ports that many of the ships pulled into when they were sailing um, into Western Australia before COVID started that was my last port of call on the Queen Mary two before the cruising uh, ban came in place. Yeah, the the world cruises and the regional cruises kind of came mm. across the bottom of Australia, uh, leaving Adelaide across the the Great Southern Bight and uh, popped into the southwestern WA and by the time they got to Fremantle. Everything was halted, and uh, yes, twenty months later, we're we're <laughs> still in that little bubble here. But thankfully, the rest of the world has opened up and is starting to get back to to normal. The East Coast is about to do so similarly, which means our time has to come as well in the not too distant future. Chris, remind us um, your YouTube page is out there. It's got so much great content. Yeah. Whilst you haven't got a new video this week, oh, we do actually. We do have a new video this week. Amazingly. Oh, I apologise. Yes, because the Carnival Fascination, um, which was sold to become a hotel ship in uh, in asia has actually made her way to colombo and it looks as if her next destination is alang um oh. for, for potentially for scrapping so i've done a, a video about that which is uh went live just uh, just a few hours ago so it, it can be found along with over 100 back catalog videos at youtube.com slash chris frame official brilliant again that link will be in the show notes remind me chris where was um was she going to be based in India? Was that the ship, or am I thinking of it? Oh, no, she was heading to China, actually. Oh, okay. The one going to India, were, well, the one that was uh, based in India was the former Pacific Jewel, That's right, um, yep. Karnika, which has also been broken up in um, at Alang. Right, right. be interesting to see a more up-to-date picture of Alang, actually, and see uh, how those ships have progressed. I would imagine there's probably very little left of them. Well, yes. I mean, last time I saw um, Karnika or Pacific Jewel, a photograph of her, she was looking quite... 
quite distressed. Actually, her whole bow was gone. So okay, um, it's sad. And of course, Alang is also where um, Marco Polo, one of the, the last great ocean liners, yeah. um, is being broken up. There was uh, um, other kind of other former carnival ships that have been sailing for um, for other brands that are there. Most of the fantasy class ships went to um, Turkey for breaking up. Were yeah. the ones that were were sold, but this particular one, fascination. It looked like she'd been she'd been saved, but I don't know. There could be an eleventh hour, you know, you know strange things have like, the, like there was with uh, with with Satoshi, of course. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, going to Colombo when you're supposed to be based in China, and given how close it is, and it's, it's a destoring location that they often have used yeah. in the past, it seems seems unlikely. Okay, incredible. We'll keep an eye on that one and uh, grateful for that video, Chris. I'll take a look myself and again, that link will be in the show notes. Um, let's wrap it up. That's all we've got time for this week and uh, Friday we'll be here before we know it. We'll have a whole heap of curious news. We'll have more maritime history and probably some list of the questions which reminds me, if you have got a question, send it through via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com and click on join the show in the top right-hand corner. And don't forget to go to australianpodcastawards.com slash vote. It literally takes one minute, <laughs> and we would be super appreciative. We will, and don't forget to reconfirm your, your entry as well when you receive that email. Yeah. That's the important step. Absolutely. Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks once again. We'll speak to you at the same time next week. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Hello, it's me again. Just a quick reminder. Um, if you want to help keep this podcast on air, there's a little way that you can do it. If you're familiar with Patreon, which other podcasters and YouTubers use, that's a way of uh, sending a little donation uh, through to them. We use something similar, but we use a system called Buy Me a Coffee. Um, just like uh, buying your friends a, a coffee in the coffee shop, very, very similar, although you're not physically buying me a coffee, you're making a small donation. And every donation is greatly appreciated because it really does help to, uh, to keep us on air. And the benefit is, once you have made that donation, um, you are... Uh, then receive priority access to the podcast because all of our supporters do receive the uh, the link to the podcast the moment that it is made live and uh, it can take about 12 to 24 hours for itunes and the other podcast directories to to pick it up so if you would like uh, that priority access then the easiest way to do so is to support us by buy me a coffee you can buy one coffee you can buy two coffees you can buy 10 coffees or you can buy a whole year supply it's entirely up to you but every single uh, little donation through buy me a coffee is greatly appreciated the links of how to do so you'll find in the show notes of each and every episode. Thanks in advance. Before we wrap up, it is of course time for our itinerary of the week. And just a reminder, this is in no way sponsored, paid for or promoted by any particular cruise line. It is just an itinerary that uh, either lands in my inbox, lands in my letterbox or crosses my desk and I think, oh, what a great itinerary. And this one's actually an oldie but a goodie. It's an itinerary that uh, used to be very, very popular. It used to be one of the first cruises that Australians would take. And um, it kind of gets lost and forgotten about, but it is still a cracker. And I found this in a mail-out that was received this week from Princess Cruises, and it is a seven-night cruise on the Diamond Princess selling out of Singapore. Now, it goes up the uh, Straits of Malacca, so it's a seven-night round trip from Singapore, and the ports of call are in Vietnam... Sorry, the ports of call are in Thailand and uh, Malaysia. So heading from Singapore up to Malacca, then on to the capital of Kuala Lumpur via Port Kalang, and then continuing on to Penang, uh, Langkawi, 
Phuket in Thailand and returning back down to Singapore. Um, great way for you to sample all of the cuisine and all the delights and of course also very very popular shopping destinations as well. I don't normally talk about price uh, because obviously depending on where you are in the world it will depend on the price but this seven night itinerary which departs uh, multiple times between about December and February of most uh, seasons so we're talking um, of course over the Christmas period into the January school holidays for Australians and into February so for you in the northern hemisphere that's your winter for us down here that's our summer Um, but you know, a seven-night cruise at an incredible price uh, and based on the current Princess promotion. So if you are coming to Australia and you want to stop off along the way, of course, you can have a stop off in Singapore, have that cruise and continue on down. Or if you are down here in Australia or New Zealand or listening up in Asia, this would be a great week's holiday for you to uh, participate in. Um, of course, the link to this itinerary and, of course, the Diamond Princess as a ship are in the show notes of uh, today's episode. Uh, check it out at thebigcruisepodcast.com. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.